0: Many happy
1: returns, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It is a happy new year. If you're in the UK, it's a happy new lockdown. And for regular listeners, we've got a happy new theme tune. Reese Calder is on the line and he has decided to beatbox a brand new theme tune that he's been <laughs> planning for the show. <laughs> Take it away, Reese. Ah, uh, no way. I can't believe you sprung this on there, James. How are you doing? Nice are you doing? I'm, Listen. I'm, I think I think beatboxing is
0: my practice for this lockdown. That's that's what I'm working on. So that's what I was prepping you for.
1: Might have to wait. Awesome! Anyone listening has uh, heard that it's been recorded. In six weeks' time, we're going to come back. Reese is going to beatbox a brand new theme tune for the podcast. see. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? How's uh, Christmas going? How's New Year? How's everything going? Yeah, no, it's
0: good, uh, just very different, as you can imagine, I imagine it's the same for yourself, but um, Christmas, managed to spend time with with the family and stuff like that, and then just a, a nice, quiet New Year, see the bells in, and then straight to bed, I guess, ready for the next
1: one, and hoping, hoping that the, the next year's going to be a bit better, what about yourself? Pretty much identical, family at Christmas, saw the New Year in, and then went, well, better go to bed now. And uh, Yeah, hopes up for this coming year. It's uh, it's all good. Yeah. So what we're going to talk Hopefully about today? It's all, it's all better. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's is that the moan out of the way? Is that uh, how how have you felt What's, about uh, judo? Yeah. In over the last twelve months, how are you feeling about judo going forward?
0: I just um, obviously gutted the fact that messed up on what was meant to be the games um, and. A lot of good tournaments, a lot of good competition, but it was good to see it back towards the end of the year, and there was there was something to look forward to and everything, and especially I'm sure we'll get to it. But the the fight of fight of the decade, um, the most important fight there's been this decade, I would say. Um, and mm. one yourself, how have you felt about it this
1: year? Oh, I it was fantastic when judo came back. Like it was really refreshing. I think, um, as you say, gutted no games, but looking forward to that hopefully something will happen on that front this year um, I'd love to get back on the mats in the UK not happening at the moment fingers crossed it's not too far off with uh, the vaccines and maybe three months six months somewhere down the line yeah I think so, I think we're lucky that
0: well we're lucky our elite athletes are managing to get back into training and stuff like that. And it's, it's good to see them and obviously, good in British judo, you see a lot on their Instagram and stuff. And um, same way, obviously through connections up here for both of us, we know that judo Scotland as well. They're back in training and stuff like that. So it's good to see those athletes back and doing what doing what they want to do and doing what they love type thing. But hopefully, for the rest, the the rest of judo Scotland, British judo, whatever it is that they can get back soon enough as well into some proper judo.
1: So with not much judo going on at the moment. We are gonna have a little review of 2020 and then a look ahead to 2021. So let's uh, let's let's start off with what were the good bits or the bad bits? Obviously we know what the bad bits are, but what were the good bits from 2020? Where did the what, what shine for you? I think there's
0: only one. Um one major <sighs> actually thinking about there's there's probably a couple, but the major standout for me is probably the, the Mariano Abbey fight. Um I think I think that was a big obviously with Judo not being as regular, it was a big thing to look forward to. Um for me Dusseldorf when it when it happened and when the first tournament sort of back, it was great. The hype, the I know for speaking to you and speaking to other people, just how excited everyone was to see Judo at that sort of level back again and What we were hoping for the future was going to happen, and everything. It was just, it was great to have and that excitement around the sport again. Um, Yeah, so I think that and the the Abbey Maruyama fight are probably my my two biggest highlights this year. What about yourself?
1: Well, we'll we'll come back to the Abbey Maruyama fight. Um, I think there's been a few. I think um, it's easy to forget that we've seen um, the king lose twice not once but twice the 10-year streak came to a finish in february Um lost to kagura this is obviously teddy we're talking about and then in october we yeah. turned to judo in france i think they had a domestic team tournament we lost to um terhek another french boy yeah um, yeah. Which I, again, I think, similar to uh, Abe Mariama, I think it's what it means for the you know for the sport and where the sport's gone over the last ten years, the last decade. It's um, big things.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the initial shock of that first day in Paris,
1: um,
0: yeah. it's one of those things that you'll remember where you were when Terry lost type thing as a judo fan. Um, I remember I was at a kids' competition coaching and checked, checked the results and Teddy's name wasn't in the final. It was one of those things and going back, trying to find a video to see what happened. How did it happen? How has this become and what's what's caused it and everything? But I th- in my opinion, I think it's only going to do Teddy better in the long run. Um, I think he'll come back hungrier and, and just, we were talking about it at the start of the before we start recording and obviously I showed you the picture. Looking at him now, he looks in better shape on his Instagram and stuff. He looks in fantastic shape. Um so for me, it's seeing how he turns up when he fights the masters, if he fights the masters type thing. Um it's let's see what Teddy turns up. Is he is he there to stake his claim back at the top of the top of the pile or is that it? Is that is that the end of him type thing? I think I think it will only do him the world of good. in My opinion.
1: So he's still got some work to do to qualify the games. Fingers crossed that all goes ahead. Is he still is he still the man to beat, or have some of the younger guys come through? And are they is he now chasing the likes of Kapali or Tushikini? Um, um Harasawa? I, I don't think so. I think um,
0: I still think he's the man to beat. Um, until there's a new Olympic champion, I still think he's the man to beat. Um, he's like you said. He, he reigned supreme for ten years. Yeah, he's had two this year. The second one uh, wasn't wasn't a great fight, in my opinion. It wasn't it wasn't the most the most pretty fight. But do you know what? It's you can't take it away from the guy. He's he's done what he's needed to do, and he's won the fight. Um, but I think that, like I said, that initial shock from the first one of him getting thrown and. Almost making the mistake. He made the mistake, in my opinion. He made the mistake with the attack. It wasn't a, it wasn't the right time or something, or it just, it just didn't look right when he went to attack. And I think that that little error in his judgment will change everything. I still think that he walks away. If when we have the Olympics, I still think he walks away
1: on top. In my opinion. I think, how, do you, how do you how do you see it pulling out? No, I, I think he's still the big dog, still the big dog in the, the category. Again, um, nothing's changed. Like, there's no gonna not gonna be Kagura at the games. We know that. Um, the two people chasing him are still Kapalik and Toshishvili. Maybe one of the Russians, although they're like significantly smaller. Um, so, I, I, I for me, he's still the man to be. When you look at when you look at his last, so before the Terek fight,
0: his last loss was 2010 with Kamikawa, mm-hmm. and it was that short, left-handed sort of fight. Kageura is exactly the same as that Kamikawa. He's shorter. He's left-handed. So it's obviously you can't say it's a chink in his armor. He went 10 years and he sorted everyone else out that had that sort of style, but there must be something there that, that could be that could be the problem type thing. And it's been that long since he fought that style of fight, maybe, or whatever. But I think that... Um, I, I, I don't know why Japan never sent Kaguya there. Um, but at the same time, Harisawa sort of has been consistently... When Teddy's not there, Harisawa's there, do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, for me, Harisawa beats everybody else in the division. You know... With possibly the exception of Kapalik, but he has he has beaten him this year or last year, whereas Kagura loses to people in the top ten. Harisau yeah, was a medal. Yeah. Kagura might beat Teddy, but might not medal.
0: Yeah, it was like the London Games, wasn't it? With others? Mm. Nishiyama, and Nishiyama. Which one do you send? Do you send the guy who's beaten, or do you send the one who's double world silver medalist? Do you know what I mean, it's it is, and obviously they ended up going with um the guy who beat them and both none, they never even fought each other. Yeah, exactly. Fact, that's, a, that's the beauty of it. So yeah, no, nah, I agree. I agree with what you say. Harisabour probably is the right the right choice. But I think Teddy walks away on top.
1: The the second big story I wanted to talk about from twenty twenty kind of crept in towards the end of the year. And it was the uh Rafaela Silva, her doping ban um being kept in place for two years. So we know that doping is a big problem across all sports. Um, I think this is certainly the highest profile case. She's reigning Olympic champion. She was also world champion in 2013. Um, she's banned for two years, so she's going to miss an Olympics unless it's put back another year, in which case she'd probably be back just in time for 2022 games. I'm being flippant. Um, yeah, is that... Can you remember another time when uh, drugs has been... Such a big story in judo? Um, n- not
0: really. Um, I think, like you said, I think as well, she made so much history in Brazil. Um, I'm pretty sure she was the, the first what, female Olympic champion, maybe, or something. Um, so I think with that and the whole the whole story of her with her being... F- they almost found her in the favelas type thing and brought her into judo and, and trained her to become... Like, that whole story of her becoming that to the Olympic champion is a massive thing, and I think that that's why as well. It's such a such a big case, and she is such a prominent name at 57 weight category. Um, so I, I can't remember personally a time where it's been as, as big a, a sort of story. Um, I don't know if you can. You You go further back than me, so... <laughs>
1: Nothing uh, quite as big. I think uh, Boras, who, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, was an Olympic champion in '96. Failed, failed the test um, a little bit later. Um, but I think, again, had his medal after he failed his test reinstated. from a, I think it was a world medal that got to off him, but I think it's reinstated. Again, this is off the top of my head. I can't. I think certainly in recent times this is the biggest profile story. Does it change the medals at the games next year? Mm-hmm. I think fifty sevens is a hard category to call
0: as well. To be honest, um, obviously right now, I think as it stands currently, Canada are number one and two in the world at fifty sevens. And so, I, I, I don't think. I could predict fifty sevens in the the way the medals would have went out. So, to say, would it change the medals? In my opinion, I I don't think it will because I think it is that unpredictable, awake category at times. Um, there's so many people who can turn up on the day and end up winning it. Uh, like I said, whichever Canadian goes has a very very strong chance. Um, the Japanese always have a strong chance. You've got the girl from Taipei who's also mm-hmm. very strong at fifty sevens. Um. There's a couple of Russian girls that are pretty good in there. Like, it's it's one of these weight categories that I look at, it and it because of I followed it before. I still follow it now, type thing. And every time I look at, it, it excites me because you don't know who's going to win it. It's a it's a pretty a pretty close one. But I I think personally, whichever Canadian goes, it ends up winning the winning the Olympics in my in my opinion.
1: Exciting. That'll be something else we come back to shortly. And then um again, my final my final highlight of the year um obviously is the uh I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the combined announcements of the Japanese team. Back in February we had the I think it's February, might early March, the announcement of the what certainly 13 players from the yeah. squad and then the reserves. And then we yeah. had to wait until just a few weeks before the end of the year to see what you described as the fight of the century, Abe Mariama. So what did you think of the fight, first of all? I thought, so for me,
0: I was proper excited um, to see two unbelievable fighters who, the judo's just exciting to watch and it's explosive and it's everything... If you were to pick an advert for judo, you'd show their highlight reels because they're just, both of them are both fantastic at judo. And then for it to culminate in the tactical sort of technical fight that it did, is what, for me, didn't shock me. I expected it to be a tactical fight, but I didn't expect it to be so tactical. I expected someone to get thrown a lot bigger than than what did happen, type thing. But at the same time, I knew it was going to be a tough, tough fight, Um so we set our alarms, me, Owen, and Taka all set our alarms for 7 o'clock in the morning, get up, watch the prep. We had Taka translating all the Japanese. Really? The Japanese. To, yeah, we had everything um, to just sit and watch the fight. And I think Abby just fought the perfect fight. Gut, I'm gutted for Mariyama because as much as – I am an Abby fan, so I, I would have selected Abby because of the whole – there's more of a story as well. But I understand is probably the better judo player. Um, I think now Mariyama takes the mantle as probably the greatest player to never go to the Olympic Games. Um, there's a lot of good players that haven't been in Olympic Games when you think of Akimoto and stuff like that. But Maruyama's probably now just pipped it. To only lose to two, to one person over the course of the time he's been at that top level is is frightening and then that one person stops you going to the games it's quite a scary thing quite a scary (laughs) thought
1: I mean I would hope that he is um, still prepping Um, I don't know if they've said he's going to have the Worlds which is due a few weeks later uh, after the games this year Um, but I think of any Olympics that there's ever been there's more chance this year of athletes dropping out because of COVID and I, th- I think the Olympics is going to go ahead and come to that again later on in the show. Uh, but I don't think they will let athletes who flag a positive test compete. And that might mean we see a lot of changes to who is on uh, yeah, the, the, the lists, the entry lists uh, between now and uh, uh, so yeah, summer. With that point, do you think we'll see athletes that
0: have got their position and have qualified fighting less and less tournaments because
1: of the risk of the positive test? Uh, possibly closer to the games. Um, I think now, if you end up with a positive test, unless you're one of the really unlucky ones, and you know at this age group who it has a lasting physical impact on you. Um, obviously, we know that. A lot of people really affected by this. but They tend to be in older age groups. Um, younger age groups, I, th- I think my understanding is they are less impacted. Um, but a few unlucky individuals end up with long-term health impacts, and I think that'll affect performance. I don't see people withdrawing though. I think people will keep going because um, yeah. everybody take. I think everybody on the circuit takes enough risks as it is. You know, it's a it's a dangerous sport. It's I don't think people consider it much of an extra risk for them. Yeah. At this stage, think, maybe six weeks out, it might be a little bit different.
0: I think once you at that elite level, when you're at that elite level, sorry, I think that is your mindset, isn't it? <laughs> like obviously, you you can you can speak from experience. You went to the games. You 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 competed at the highest level. Your your mindset is the risk are worth it, aren't they? At, at the end of the day, the risks are worth it. So, um, I think I think you're right. I think to start with, we will see people entering tournaments and we'll have it like normal. But then I think that those la- latter sort of tournaments are going to look a bit quieter <clears throat> once the positions are sort of solidified and we know who's going at what what other countries and stuff.
1: Yeah, but I think you'd expect that anyway. I think the more interesting one will be the worlds after, if people deem that worth the risk. Yeah. Um. It all
0: depends on the state of the world at the time as well. Of course. Of course.
1: Any other surprises from that Japanese team?
0: So, obviously going off, I watched the All Japan Tournament um, and I think that just now at under 100s is one of those ones that could end up changing. I think Wolf seems to be injured quite a lot just now. He seems to be withdrawn from tournaments and stuff. Um, from what I understand, it was his knee that pulled him out this time. So could could we see a change and could we see Haga stepping in potentially if, if that continues? So I think 100s is, looking at the Japanese team, I think 100s is probably the one that might change. Um, I was probably... The Nagiyama Takato situation... I wasn't sure about who would got there, but I think, I think Takato, it's a hard one to call because they're both, again, similar to the, the Abbey Mariyama, they're probably the number one and two really in the world. But I think with the amount of Russians and stuff that are coming through, there's a couple of other boys coming through at 60s. I think probably Takato with an experience at that level is the right choice. Um, yeah. Don't know about you. What, what do you think?
1: I mean those I would I would echo those categories. I would the only other one I would say is uh the forty eight girls. I'd like to have seen um Tsunoda. Is it Sonoda who moved down from fifty twos? I'd like yeah, to have seen her given a little bit more time to to get some results um at 48. But uh, you know. She did I think after the Japan's one of these
0: nations that they're always gonna have two or three people qualifying. <laughs> um I think that We've seen it at every sort of games. There's there's weight categories that they do have a couple of people that qualify. After watching that mean Mariano fight, is that something Japan might consider going forward? Is those sort of the two players that are in qualified positions having a one-off fight type thing? Um because again, after that competition and watching it speaking to Taka, you could have had a, a full day of the the boys, six days you could have had the two uh Kato and Nagiyama you could have had then the 66s, 73s, you could have had two or three of them in there. Um if you have Ebenuma in the situation. Um 81s again, you could have had there's Fujiwara, there's uh, the boy Sasaki, um who got bronze at the All Japan's open and obviously you've got Nagase. 90s there's a couple of good boys in there. So could it potentially be something to look at in the future after after this one? Um I'd like to think it might be an option, but I think that Japan always have had this sort of "we're gonna pick who we want, who we who we think's gonna go," and that's that's who, what's gonna happen. So I don't know if it'll change much, but after seeing this fight, I think it could be an exciting prospect
1: going forward. If that makes sense. Definitely, I mean, I love the spectacle of it. Like the the fight itself, I don't think sells judo. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it was a tactical battle. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. But I don't think is as you say. You, the what you want from those guys is the highlight reel. It's not the the grinding war of attrition that the fight became. Yeah. Um, but I I mean I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was glued to my seat. Um, from literally the minute when they were like stood on the side and they were announcing the guys walking out. I thought it was amazing. And I would love to see more of the same, which does kind of tie into looking ahead to 2021. I'm going to use that as a point to kick off. So you've already mentioned the two Canadian girls as world number one and world number two. I would love to see a similar fight off between them. I don't think it gets as much traction as Abe and Mariyama because I think that's been boiling away for uh, four years. Um, But the two Canadian girls... For me, our 57s are by far and away the best athletes in the world. And as you say, I think the winner of that goes on to take gold at the Games. And I think it'd be an amazing, it'd be an amazing matchup. I think you'd probably see, yeah, something similar. Um, and if you started now, you could have a really cool build up um, to such an event. don't know if the Canadians would do it, but I would, it's something I would like to see. How about
0: yourself? I it's, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's a great fight. Um, like you said, it's it's maybe not. It doesn't seem as attractive as the Abbey and Mariama fight at first, but when you put it, when you think about it, you're right. They are the, the top two players in the world, um, and consistently they they win the tournaments that they enter, and it's. I don't know what the score is between the two. I don't know who's won more and who's won like head to head wise. Obviously, Abby Mariama before it was, it was four three Mariama, um, and now it's four all, and that was like it was it was mad. But I think that the the whole concept, I think it's such a cool concept. I think it could be. Not even I don't think advertise more, but like there could have been a bit more sh- not showmanship, but mm. a bit more excitement about. Obviously, it was different. It was in the Kodokan. It was very, it's very respectful in Japan. But for example, the team events you see in sort of Germany and stuff like that, where they they have like a little bit of an atmosphere and that sort of the build up and stuff like that of them walking up and stuff. I think it'd be pretty cool, and I think that those two girls are two girls that probably deserve that opportunity to fight off against each other. Um, I think it'd be pretty difficult. If I was was a coach, I don't think I could pick one straight off the top of my head. I don't think I could go definitely that one.
1: Who do you, I'm going to put you on the spot, Deguchi or Klimke? Deguchi. I think she has the advantage in the head-to-head. But again, I think similar to the, yeah, Japanese men at plus-hundreds, I think Klimke is probably slightly more consistent. She's always in the medals. And Deguchi like generally wins tournaments. Um sometimes has a I think one has one or two where she blows up, I think like the Masters last year. Um where she went out early doors. Are they,
0: are they both do they both get to fight Masters this year?
1: Oh, I'll be exciting to see the list. I think they would do. It'd be exciting to see if- the list, yeah.
0: If they both get to fight the Masters, is it potentially that that's been they've been told, this is one. It's a lot of pressure on one a one-off tournament, but it's just, it's it's the same situation really. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not where a fight off as such, but if if you turn up and you know that that's the stakes, do you know what I mean you you've, you've got to bring that sort of level of um, not that they wouldn't bring that sort of level anyway, but do you know what I mean I think um, if you turn up knowing right this is it. It, it just it makes it quite exciting.
1: So who knows? Exactly. And I think that fits as well with uh, what we're looking forward to this year is uh, I am, again, really excited about the return of the World Judo Tour, which I think was confirmed today, uh, 6th of January, about about two hours ago, that Doha is going ahead. So I think COVID pending as with everything at the moment. um, And I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, I think Teddy is on the list to compete at that one.
0: Yeah, I I think so. And I think, like I said, um, I've been, after seeing his Instagram post the other day of of the shape he was in and how he was looking, uh, I had a quick look again today and he's posted saying that he's a week, well, as of today, so as you said, the 6th of January, um, a week till I step back on the mat with the team. So I think that, I think that it looks like he's fighting. So yeah, it's a it's an exciting prospect. Uh, getting those top players in the world there and, and seeing them fight
1: off against each other again. What other events are you looking forward to this year? What could possibly happening be happening in twenty twenty one that could be exciting? Hopefully, the games. <laughs> um, I'm hoping,
0: like, as a, do you know what the games as a whole? Obviously, it's a great event. But for judo alone, being in Japan and being at the home of judo, that that one-off event in the home of judo, I think it's probably the most exciting Olympics there's been in my lifetime. Obviously, as well, we had London, and that was unbelievable. And then the highest um, real was Sally winning. But Tokyo, it's just a a scary concept almost to think that it's the home of judo, it's a one-off event, and you could walk away a hero in Tokyo it's, it's it's really exciting for me what about yourself
1: oh completely I think it's it gives me chills just thinking about it uh, the return to uh, Tokyo like it was introduced in was it 64 64 games which Tokyo <laughs> games <laughs> and then um, yeah going back going back home um, I think it's also the first year as well they've had a Worlds and the games in the same I mean don't quote me on that like, I've have got absolutely no idea, but I feel like that might be the case. Worlds and the games in the I same think, year. Yeah. Uh, certainly in modern times, and nothing yeah, before 99 counts, obviously.
0: Yeah, of course. And um, I can't think of anything. Because um, the, the world used to be every two years, didn't it, as well? Hmm. And then obviously it became every year after, it maybe 2008, after Beijing, maybe? Something like that, yeah because um, that's when I can start thinking of like 2010, 2011 um, obviously so I think you're right, I think it's probably the first time we've got a world in a games in the same year And yeah it's, it's exciting because like you said it's just after the games and it's who sees it as a risk type thing and worth the risk type thing so if, let's say for example Karpalek walks away as a as silver medalist at the Olympics to Teddy, does he then go and try and prove himself again at the games just after, at the World mm-hmm. Show just after that and try and win that world title, or like you said, will Mariama get his chance at sixty sixes again? Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty exciting year as a judo fan. It's a pretty exciting year. Yeah, um, totally. So and and it all kicks off next week. Hopefully,
1: fingers crossed. Eleventh to the thirteenth of January, and uh, I mean. Hopefully, this podcast will be out well before then. There's every chance this is going to come out on the 24th of March. Um, <laughs> but just, by just then, by then we would have been able to edit in Reese's incredible beatbox intro and outro. <sighs> um, thinking about now,
0: thinking about obviously, we're, we're looking forward to the future. If you were to back someone right now to win the Olympic Games, who who would you
1: put the mortgage on? Uh,
0: A- anyway, any player who are you put the mortgage on?
1: I'm gonna go men's is oh no, and the women's I think I'll go. Beloded. Okay. Um, I think the other weights there's too many good names I mean both the, the Abbe siblings there's I I can see the Italian or the Georgian boy causing uh, yeah Abbe problems at 66 No, I can see Mendy and Bouchard causing nightmares at 52s. Okay. Um, how about yourself? What, what do you reckon? I
0: think you're right with 73s I think Ono's a sure bit um, I think he's the one. That if I was, if I was to pick a men's weight, I'm going Ono seventy Women's, I'm going
1: 63s. Clarice. Oh, I yeah, I, I retract that. That was that's a much better answer than my so. answer. <laughs> I'm going Clarice. Definitely. There's, uh, I think, with the loss of Teddy, she's the most. She's got the longest running streak. Um, possibly her and Ono. I would, in, uh, yeah, I think Judah. I
0: think Ono will probably be close. I think he's only lost because of injury, potentially. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll confirm that for the next time.
1: In fact, it will be Ono because he won the last games, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he won the last games. Whereas Clarice lost the final. But I think since then, he may have... That's what I'm saying. I think he's maybe lost a fight due to injury. Oh! There you go. I think maybe Tokyo... He had to pull out, and he he hurt his ankle, and um, so I'm pretty pretty sure he got fifth. I don't know. I can't confirm it. I I'll if need to Anyone's
1: listening, and I have my doubts. It's been a long time since the podcast has been out. But if anyone's listening, there's no prizes, uh, just pride. <laughs> Send your your answers into our original judo pods or better to at RC on uh, Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Reese, absolute pleasure to chat to you again, mate. Thanks for coming on the show.
0: No worries, no worries. Hopefully we'll get a chat next week. Awesome, buddy.